Hey, yo, what's going on, everyone? This is Lex James. And this is your boy, Mikey Bravo, and you're listening to The Wrestling High. And on this show, we'll keep you up to date on all things WWE and AEW, whether it's good, bad, or just completely shit. We're also going to be hitting you with all the rumors and hot topics all throughout the world of pro wrestling. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Do it. What's going on, everybody? This is Money Bags, Mikey Bravo, the guy with the money to steal your honey. I'm sitting here with Living on a Prayer, Lex James. <laughs> we got a week in review for you. We're going to start off here with Raw. Why am I living on a prayer? I don't know. Money bag Mikes. <laughs> None of it's true because I'm not Money Bags. <laughs> fucking right. <laughs> but, uh, we got a name change, too. Oh, man, yeah. We, uh... Another weekly recap, Raw, NXT, SmackDown, some Dynamite. And yeah, we got quite the name change. We'll get to that a little later. Um, but yeah, we'll start off with, uh, with Monday Night Raw. And uh, I mean, I don't know. We, we started off with a segment with uh, Becky Lynch and Dewdrop and Bianca and Liv Morgan. And it was kind of obvious where it was headed. You know, another can they coexist? It's so weird that I... I like, I actually cared about what was going on with Becky, and now I don't with the addition of Dewdrop for some reason. I just, because no know. one expects Dewdrop to win. Um, and I don't know, this whole first segment just basically set up uh, another can you or can they coexist tag team match where you put the opponents as tag team, as, as a tag team to go up against two other opponents. But what, what, what reason do they have to coexist? Just just to get through the fucking match is, oh. is really the only reason. Okay. And. I mean, for what it's worth, Dewdrop pinned Liv Morgan in a three-minute match, and that was that. Okay, good. Um, but it gets better because uh, we get a backstage segment. Edge catches up with uh, Damian Priest, and uh, while they're in the middle of giving each other props, uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix get a message from Maurice, um, basically Maurice asking Beth Phoenix to show up at the ring later on by herself, uh, promising the Miz not to be there. So they go off screen and Kevin Owens enters and he's talking to Damian Priest because apparently they have a match later in the night. And Kevin Owens kindly asks him not to lose his cool and become that other guy, he Damian. He a fucking tie around his neck. <laughs> he was wearing a silver tie because the next segment was the Kevin Owens show. And, uh, of course, his his guest on the show was Seth Rollins. And uh, these two were They got in, good chemistry. They were in fucking rare form. Uh, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. I'm really enjoying the two of their, the two of these together. And as this promo went on, Seth Rollins is basically talking about how he has Roman Reigns rattled. Basically says he has Roman Reigns scared. And Kevin Owens says, "You hear that? He's scared. You heard it here on the Kevin Owens show." <laughs> Kevin Owens is good, man. Um, He's winning the Rumble. I'm telling you. Well. He basically, uh, Kevin Owens makes the announcement that uh, he's entering the Royal Rumble. And this way, Mike's prediction that's been going on for like the last five months can actually come true officially. I'm telling you, I like the way they're building it too. And he even says that, you know, if he wins his match against Roman Reigns at the, uh, at the Royal Rumble, that Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins can give everybody the match that 
well, that they really don't deserve, but that they want. Well, we definitely know Mike wants it, and that's Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins for the Universal title. That's money, bro. And Seth Rollins was, um, Seth Rollins was talking about how um, he's going to take the blue title and turn it red again and bring it back home where it belongs. The only way that I would forgive them having Reigns drop the title if he does at Rumble to Rollins is if it's because it's going to be Owens and Rollins. Maybe and Owens does help him, but I don't. I don't know, man. I really. Uh, because I I can realistically see them having Roman drop it to Rollins, Owens winning the Rumble and setting up your Universal Title match, and now somehow since Brock and Roman is still involved. Brock's probably retaining against Lashley. We know that. And then you have Roman win the WWE title at WrestleMania, so he's only without a title for a month or two. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's an easy way I, out for them. It would be a little easier to kind of figure out where they're going, but um, the men's rumble, I think, to me, is is just such a big question mark. Like, I, I really have no idea. There's I don't not- see anybody else who's more deserving or makes more sense because... Already, I wouldn't mind Kevin Owens you're winning. You're already pairing Rollins and Owens together, and if Rollins is in fact taking that belt, then you have a story that you're telling already without the title. Now it's involved, and just have Kevin Owens win, and it tells itself. Like I don't mind Kevin Owens winning at all. I'm just what I'm saying is like no one has really come out as like a clear cut favorite. You know what I mean? Like there isn't one person yeah, I'm that's hotter to think than the of next. Who else is probably going to be in it? That is, you think about it. Like, look, all right, Drew's not going to be in it. No, he's, he's hurt. hurt. And he probably would have been a favorite as much as I would have hated to see him win again. I wouldn't have won. Not yet, no, at least. No, I don't need to see him win again. Um, but you got AJ Styles in there who is... AJ could win it. He's not really that hot right now. But I'd rather see AJ and Edge at WrestleMania. And I think that's what they're going to bite on. I would really like to see AJ Styles win it. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, Kevin Owens, he gets a little hot after this um, after this episode of Raw that we'll get to in a little bit. Um so maybe Kevin Owens has some momentum. Big E really doesn't have that much momentum going his way right now. Um, he yeah, wasn't even I, on this episode. I don't all. really want Big E to win it anyway. He just got the money in the bank and the cash in, and he'll be back in the main event. He just needs to do a little, you know. And like you think about on the SmackDown side, there's really nobody on SmackDown that's realistically. Maybe send him over there. Well, I mean, the winner you can send over to SmackDown, but I, I don't know. It all depends on. You know who comes That's out why this with is the a universal nice little, title? Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just really hard to tell because yeah, the men's rumble usually has a couple clear cut favorites. Like yeah, last year Edge was kind of a favorite, even though he was number one because we hadn't seen him in a while. You know, you had Daniel Bryan who was a favorite because he was basically saying this is most likely his last Royal Rumble, which turns out might be. Um, so you had a couple guys, you had Unless an idea. They kick the forbidden door, and then he's eight, and then he comes back. Eight. Yeah. Imagine I don't know. That's I, when he wins it as an AEW. I guy. just, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, right. I just, yeah, I have no idea who's winning this men's Royal Rumble. It's really up in the Me air because no just, one's really hot going into it. No one really has that much momentum, and that, and that part is not good. I'm hoping it's Owens, and I, I'm really like just the way it's playing out. I'm, I can see it happening. It right now, sense. Kevin Owens might have the most momentum, so he gets uh, both Owens and Rollins get interrupted by Damian Priest, 
And uh, Damien Priest asked them both to shut up. And uh, Damien Priest... Damien Priest on the mic is like a fucking stop sign. He Just please he, stop. He's not... Uh, and it's crazy because we're, I, we were, I'm pretty high on the guy. I like him in the ring, man, but in the, on the mic... Yeah, he, it's just he's, like... He's brutal. He's yeah. his hand shaking with the microphone. Yeah, I noticed that. I don't know. It's like... Just relax, bro. You're here. You made it. It just doesn't come off as like natural or, or like... You know, he's just reciting lines. It's so obvious. You know, um, yeah, the mic is in his thing, man. It, it's it's a shame because he's a hell of a wrestler in the ring, and I don't. I, to me, I think these goofy fucking faces that he makes when he gets angry and he turns into Damien, you wake him up. Yeah, that's lame. He looks like a fucking goof. I he doesn't look responsible for that. He doesn't look scary. He he looks like he's trying to make a kid laugh. That's why that's not, the kind of face you make at a baby to just, try to get a reaction out of them. Why not just let him be the badass Puerto Rican punk rock dude from the Bronx? I don't know. Just <laughs> I, I, it, hey, go because it might work. That's why. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we get we get Damien Priest versus Kevin Owens, and this is a it's a pretty good non title match. We got we got a really uh, some really cool spots in here. Damien Priest eats a he eats a super kick on the outside of the ring. Which is followed by a frog splash. I like from the that, ring apron. that apron frog splash. Yeah. I hope he keeps using that from now on. It seems like it's that's a, that's a dope in, move. You know, seeing that in the outside of the ring. Um, and then we also saw Kevin Owens hit a real clean Swanton bomb. I mean, he hits it just as good as Jeff Hardy does. You know, um, Damian Priest on the other hand. I'm um, telling you, Kevin Owens is like a Mick Foley and Jeff Hardy hybrid. Yeah. He's built like Foley, but he can flip like Hardy. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Damien Priest, he, uh, hits him with his, what do you call it, sit-out chokeslam, I guess. He gets fucking Kevin Owens He got a hell of a real, chokeslam. Yeah, he got Owens up pretty high. Like, Owens that, got that's, a lot of air on that jump. Yeah, that, that was like, oh shit. That's, it sounded like it fucking I've hit I've seen hard. Undertaker not get guys that up, up that high. Yeah. Um, so we see, you know, some pretty cool action in here. Um, we get a pop-up powerbomb from Kevin Owens for a good near fall. And uh, the finish comes when uh, Damien Priest, he goes to Irish whip him into the turnbuckle in the corner, but Kevin Owens collapses, and he's acting like his, his left knee just went out on him. And I like it. the referee is, you know, kind of like putting the match on hold and tending to Kevin Owens. Damien Priest isn't really buying it. So Kevin Owens moves the ref out of the way, hits Damien Priest with a stunner, gets the one, two, three. This is Damien Priest's first loss in a year. Yeah, I is. think his first... Pinfall loss on the main roster. Yeah, because he didn't lose with Bad Bunny. He didn't lose yeah, that, at SummerSlam, obviously. That was when he won the title. And yeah, this is his first loss. And you know what? Nothing wrong with it going against Kevin Owens. Yeah, you can't be mad at losing to a guy like to a guy like Owens using the stunner. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't think it um I don't think it really hurts Damian Priest at all. Um it's just interesting. I don't know if they go with Kevin Owens targeting the US title, which I guess it's cool, but I, I'm I'm with you. Like, I want him in the main event scene. I want him to stay there. I don't want him yeah. to f- have to go back to flirting with the upper mid card. No, he needs to win that Rumble and be in the main event. You know, and That's honestly, like, as far as the U.S. title goes and Damian Priest, um, as far as WrestleMania, I would like to see that, you know, be Austin Theory going up for the U.S. title against Damian Priest and beating him for it. That, that, that'd be a nice after showing at the Rumble. Yeah. And you know, and that'd be a nice little. They've done a good job, you know, 
making Damien Priest look strong I mean, throughout I the last Vince year. Man, threatened to do what he threatened to do on this show. You might as well give him a title shot at Mania. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit, too. That was pretty fucking stupid. Um, but, yeah, you know, I don't know if I want to see Owens and Damian Priest, you know, go back and forth for the U.S. title. And I don't I don't necessarily want Owens with the U.S. title. So that means if we do get another match that Damian Priest is going to win it, or at least we kind of hope, even though that's their classic 50-50 booking that they love to fucking do. Yeah, no, nah, fuck that. We get oh so fucking much because WWE doesn't know how to make new stars anymore. I wonder why. Um, we get this Alpha Academy promo where um, Otis is apparently graduating from the Alpha Academy and they have the caps and gowns and all that shit. They even play Macho Man's Pomp and Circumstance music. And what, this is all for what? A return? It's for Matt Riddle to come out with his own fucking cap and gown and say a bunch of stupid words long enough to stall them for Randy Orton to come from behind and hit Chad Gable with so an RKO. So this is leading to, the, like I said, the return match at Rumble. I guess. I, they haven't made that official. But so far, there are no signs of Matt Riddle and Randy Orton breaking up. So just kind of odd. But, you know, I guess we'll see how it plays out. We still have no idea when the rematch is coming, but we know they're building to it. Um, Maybe they lose the Royal Rumble and it happens there. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Austin Theory, like you brought up, we get a backstage segment with him and Vince McMahon. Another one of these fucking ah, Vince McMahon. I mean, the fact that he's on TV with Vince tells you that Vince sees something in him. But yeah, but that at I mean, the same time, it's like I don't know. That used to be that used to mean a good thing. Vince Nowadays, just, I don't know. I, I, who are you trying to get to watch this? He tells him. What does he tell him? I'm gonna kick your butt. Well, all right, so. Austin Theory comes in, and he's all excited because he's got a rematch with Finn Balor. Now, apparently, a couple weeks ago, they had a match on Raw, and Finn Balor came out on top and won the match. And granted, you know, Austin Theory attacked him from behind after the match and still got his stupid selfies off and whatever, and Vince McMahon was kind of proud of him about that. So Austin Theory came in, he's like, yeah, I know I lost the last match, but I beat him up after, so it's kind of like a half victory. And Vince McMahon's like, oh, I don't know, there's no such thing as half victories. And, you know, he goes and threatens him, if you don't win this match, I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to get a good, good old equalizer. And leave you. I mean, he said I'm going to beat you up. And leave you in a pool of your own two teeth and blood and snot. What was it? <laughs> send selfies to his mother? Yeah, I'm going to take a selfie and send it to your mother. I'm like, all right, dude. Ah, like. And, like, what do you want Austin Theory to do about this? Like, he's just sitting there reacting to this fucking old man. Yeah, I, I, he lost me at I'm going to kick your butt. Because if any man ever told me that, I'd laugh in his face. You're going to, what? Like, Vince McMahon is threatening. Kick my butt? He's threatening Austin Theory that if he doesn't beat Finn Balor tonight, he's going to kick his ass. No, no. See, kick his ass, I take my No, he seriously. said beat you up. He didn't say kick your butt. Oh, he said I'm going to beat you up. Beat you up and then he's going to get yeah, the equalizer. Are you going to beat me up? Like, what are we, fucking five? It's just Vince man. Like, honestly, is this really doing Austin Theory that many favors? Like, we we get it. We get the whole point of this, you know, but it's really, like, kind of counterproductive because the look on Austin Theory's face, like, he's supposed to look all, like, fucking mortified. And he just looks like a fucking pansy because he's letting Vince McMahon talk to him like this and, and Austin Theory looks like he's getting his feelings hurt before his match with Finn Balor. <laughs> So is this really helping him? 
Because he looks like an idiot. No, he does, really. You know, like, just... Vince would be doing him more favors if he just stood the fuck away from him on TV. Just stay off of TV. It's bad, you know. And so the match, you know, it happens about six minutes, and it's really not much to talk about because Austin Theory gets his win back. What do you know? 50-50 booking strikes again. And this time he attacks him again after the match, gets his selfies out. So I guess he saved himself from a Vince McMahon ass kicking. Ooh, I missed that one. Yeah. Bullet dodged. And uh, as for Finn Balor, it's uh it's kinda it's kinda obvious, but it's uh it's been reported that Vince McMahon has given up on his push for Finn Balor and he sees him as a veteran wrestler who can get over young talent. So he's basically filling the Jeff Hardy role right now. Is that that's a real report? Yeah. Wow. It's been so all you over. Know he'll the... be leaving once his thing is up. Yeah, and I don't know, man. It, it, hearing that, it's like uh, it's no surprise. I mean, if you've been paying attention, ever since his match with Roman Reigns, you know he has not been you know treated nearly as big. No. And yeah, he's he's been fucking eating L's left and right. This was a clean loss. You know, it's not like Austin Theory did anything underhanded to beat him. He he beat him. You know, so. Yeah, I guess that uh, Vince McMahon intimidation can work wonders, huh? Yeah. So we get a bunch of other stupid shit like uh, Omas and Reggie, and I'm not even going to waste my time. Because <laughs> they, they fucking waste ours just by putting that stupid shit on TV. Um, we get a couple... We get a, a terrible backstage segment between the Mysterios and the Street Profits. I don't know. Like... Someone back there has a fucking hard-on for these backstage segments that are happening in Gorilla. That they just hype each other up before their fucking music hits. And like, And they're all bad. They're all fucking bad. Yeah, you got, they gotta slow down on some backstage segments. Or just, you know, cut them short. Or just cut, cut, cut a few out. They all suck. And I know you got three hours to fill, but fuck. It's just like, how much sense does it make that, oh, look. We're talking to this guy, but there's a camera here that happens to just be here. I'd rather them go well, back just, to the... It's just how they talk to each old other. school like, doing interviews, you know, and behind the green screen. How the Street Profits and the Mysterios are talking to each other about how they're all entering the Royal Rumble and how it's every man for himself. It's the same. Tired shit. And they're all... It's all lines that are being delivered like, all right, your turn to talk. My line next. <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck? It's just... Uh, can we just have this shitty match already? Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. And the fucking match, it, it the Mysterios and the Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs and uh, who else was it? I believe, oh, Apollo Crews and your boy Commander Aziz. Just fucking yeah, just waste all of our fucking time with this shit. Um, yeah, they, the face is one. And after the match, Dominic Mysterio dumps both of the Street Profits over the top rope. All right, and they all laugh it off. And then Rey Mysterio dumps Dominic over the top rope. And he laughs at all three of them while standing in the ring. So good old hype for the Royal Rumble. Holy fucking Christ. <laughs> <sighs> and they're all pointing at each other like, oh, you got me. Uh, so that brings us to the fucking god-awful Maurice and Beth Phoenix segment. Maurice calls Beth Phoenix out. Maurice is just a good-looking girl. She has no talent. I'm sorry. 
I mean, no arguments here. Her, her talent is looking good. Yeah. Other than that, she's like on the mic. She's it's just like yo. I'd rather watch. She's the not even good on dry after I painted. She's not even good on the mic. No, she just she just looks good. Yeah, and it's I'm sorry, but sitting through three agonizing hours of raw on a weekly basis, it's that's not enough for me. I'm sorry. This is the worst thing Edge has done since coming back. Yeah, or it's almost like it's being done to him. Because he's not really what much... What you call him earlier? An ass hat? Because he's, he's like... Oh, he's he just there. fucking, like... <laughs> Maurice calls Beth Phoenix out, and she wants them to call off the match. All right? She says, the Miz isn't here. You know, this is just me talking to you. You know, and she says, our, our daughters, like, our kids should be best friends. Like, you and I should be best friends. We should put this behind us. And blah, blah, blah. A bunch of stupid shit that no one believes. Because it wasn't delivered... In such a manner that you should believe it in. And Beth Phoenix gets on the mic. Meanwhile, like, Mike was just talking about Ed just standing there, like, with this fucking goofy cheese dick grin on his face. He looks like an ass hat there because it's like, God, like, why did they bring Edge back for this? That's a fucking legendary insult. They call somebody an ass hat. <laughs> it pains me to call him that. And I don't want to, but it's just they have him out there looking like one. Nah, he did. I saw his facial expression just like, yo. It's like, this is what you, you're cheering this bullshit. This is what we're doing like, with Edge. You should already be involved with AJ Styles at this point. That's what we're doing with Edge. Do we even know if he's in the goddamn Rumble? Like, we, we got to sit through this. Such a waste. Such a waste of Edge. Yeah, that's bad stuff. You know, and Beth Phoenix is, you know, saying I'm not buying any of this, blah, blah, blah. And, uh... She basically is like, I'm not calling the match off, and I'm going to storm the ring now and, you know, give us a little preview of Royal Rumble. So she gets in the ring, and that's when Miz comes out of nowhere and attacks Edge. So upon this, this distracts Beth Phoenix, which causes Maurice to take her purse and nail Beth Phoenix in the back of the head with it. And she had a fucking brick in the purse. Miz and, and Maurice take out <laughs> the world's fakest-looking brick. Out of her purse. It looks like one of their fucking daughters can chuck it across the room, no problem. No blood, by the way. Well, it's the back of the head. But I don't know. I mean... It's probably even worse to get hit in the back of the head or something. <sighs> Just terrible. Like She should be bleeding. I don't know. My eyes are bleeding watching this shit. Fucking Beth Phoenix got her... Her firebird head, dude. <laughs> yeah, I just... I don't know. Every time I see her come out with that hair, I just hear, this, this, this feud just <laughs> needs to end, like, now. Well, I, yeah. I really don't want to sit so there. can stop looking like an ass hat. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, man. It just, I, I, it just really, it really irked me. He's just standing there with this goofy nah, fucking smile right. while... And that's why when you called him an ass hat, I fucking lost it, bro. I'm just, just watching this. Thinking. That's the first fucking word that came to mind. Speaking of word association, we have to... Fucking sit through more bullshit when it comes to Alexa Bliss. Apparently, they're not done with this fucking gimmick. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the hell they're doing with this. They have... She's sitting in a fucking uh, psychiatrist's room. Some therapist's room, whatever. The therapist wants to play a little word association. So, he throws the word trust at her and she says, Lily. <laughs> he throws the word friend and she says, Lily. He throws the word doll, Lily. Then he throws the word gimmick infringement, and she says Lily. 
No, he didn't really say that one, but... <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Like, I, I all of a sudden don't want to see Alexa Bliss what back. He, what he said, imaginary, right? And that was when imaginary. she, like, got up. I don't know. They got to lose this shit. They need to let Alexa Bliss be a preppy cunt. Just, like, if you just brought her back with no explanation like she used to be, I'm fine with it. Fine with it. I just never want to see this Lily shit again. Yeah. And it looks like we are. I'm going to see a lot more of it. Oh, she better not win the Royal Rumble. That would suck so much dick. <laughs> that would be such a fucking joke. Watch it be her that beats Becky Lynch and takes the fucking Raw title from her. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, I, I wouldn't As put it past As a little psycho him. that she is? I would not put it past him at this point, man. Uh, but at least we get a good main event. And it's Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins, the two challengers for both world titles at the Royal Rumble, uh, which is interesting, you know, because neither one of these guys can really take an L in this match. And uh, that's exactly what happens. Uh, well, no, it's not what happens. They don't. This, we, we get a we get a fucked up finish, which is kind of good because a schmaz. Yes, I guess you can call it that. <laughs> oh, when I hear that, I just think of schnoz. That's probably why I don't... I got that from Bret Hart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sounds like a word he would use. Yeah. <laughs> he uses schmaz like at least twice a day. You think so? I don't know. But a schmaz is exactly what happened. Um, well, no, we got some pretty good action in here. Bobby Lashley's um, belly-to-belly suplex from the, from the second rope was pretty nice to see. We even got uh, a pedigree as a high spot and a near fall from it's Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. Like I wish they wouldn't do that. Yeah. The pedigree is a finisher. Let it be a finisher. Nothing's a finisher anymore, man. Just more shade thrown at trips. Yeah, no shit. No shit. They they should have just went into... They, they should have looked into the hard cam, Seth Rollins, and he should have did a crotch chop. Yeah, right, and then throw up the fucking... The too sweet. Yeah, and then flip him off. You know? Just kicking Triple H while he's down. Part of me kind of wants to hear Triple H's music hitting him just come out and fucking... Go ape shit. <laughs> Vince McMahon's in the back like, oh, it's never yours, son of a bitch. But, yeah, we get a pedigree to Bobby Lashley. He kicks out at two. And uh, right after that um, that belly-to-belly suplex, Bobby Lashley delivers to Rollins from the second rope. Fucking Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, who are still going by the Hurt Business. I don't, I don't have a clue who the Hurt Business is anymore. I, I thought mean, it was Bobby Lashley and MVP. If nothing else, let them keep the name as a tag team. Now, they were a tag team, but now just throw them in a tag division. I just want to know what, like, the Hurt Business name shifted from Lashley and MVP to Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, even though they've been kicked out of the Hurt Business twice. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, we're taking the name with us. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> I like this shirt. <laughs> I think that's what it is. What if maybe MVP turns on Bobby Lashley at some point and joins them with Omas? He rejoins his own Hurt Business that they took his name. (laughs) This is my Hurt Business. Yeah, just interesting. Uh, I don't don't know why they go go by the Hurt Business, even though that was what Lashley and MVP were, but whatever. Um, They're literally there to cause a disqualification. Lashley wins. Once again, he takes out the Hurt Business. And, uh, yeah, he fucking spears Shelton Benjamin through the, the barricade. And all while this is happening, Seth Rollins... He's watching everything from the ring. And behind him come Jimmy and Jey Uso. And he turns around into a double super kick. So they got his ass from last week. 
Ain't running from that. Nope, and he lays him out like he should. Yep. And that's how Raw ended. So that was pretty cool. See Roman Reigns send the Usos to do his dirty work. You know, shut Seth Rollins up. That's Seth Rollins, yeah, you know, Seth Rollins has been running his mouth. He's been talking a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. So that was a cool way to end it. And like I said, you know, neither Bobby Lashley or Seth Rollins need to be taking that pin because they both need to look as strong as ever going into their two title matches. Yeah, but I did notice that Lashley still won by disqualification. So we know how WWE has a pattern of shit going into pay-per-views. So maybe since Rollins technically took the L here by disqualification... Leads me to believe maybe Rollins is taking that title from Reigns. Because Lashley got the win here. I feel like he's not going to win, bro. Lashley's not going to win, you said. Yeah, I think Lesnar's going to keep it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see Bobby Lashley winning. You know how the title WWE has their patterns. We'll know by the go-home episode of Raw who's winning and who's not. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't see Bobby Lashley um, going into a second straight WrestleMania as champion. Um, I, I don't know... Like, you know, who his opponent would be at Mania. I guess whoever would win the Rumble. But, again, we have no idea yeah. who the Rumble winner is going to be. Like, who, there's no so clear-cut favorite. I guess Kevin Owens, with his, you know, his win over Damian Priest might make him, like, you know, as far as based on momentum, because he might have the most out of everybody that's in the Rumble now. You know, a big win over a guy who hadn't lost all year. Over a champion. Yeah, so, I mean, but again, that could all be erased next week when Damien, P- uh, Damien Priest wins the rematch. Well, he doesn't need to have a rematch. But you know WWE. That 50-50. Yeah. Keep that shit away. Yep. But you know it won't. It's here to stay. Since when is wrestling about wins and losses? I, I mean, kind of, sort of, but... Yeah, but the wins and losses are are part of the story. It's not for, oh, don't worry, you get a win, you get a win, and it's okay. But when it's that obvious, yeah, like, that, like, if you're just trading victories, it doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? And that's what it really, a lot lot of these turn into. It's just, all right, you won the first one, now you got to lose the next one. So you can win the third one. You know what I mean? It's It's just so obvious and, you know... It's just obviously like a formula. There's no creative, there's no creativity it's around kind it. Kind of annoying. Yeah, it's just so like obvious where they go with it. You know, like what I mean? everybody got to get a win and everybody got to get a loss. And no one could look weaker than the other guy. Tell a good guy. story and, and make it look good on TV. No one could look weaker than the other guy, but then because of that, no one becomes a star. Exactly. I mean, yeah, people get pissed off about oh Roman Reigns hasn't lost in this long. Well. That's exactly why he looks the way he does. That's why he looks as strong as he does. The guy's been pinned in almost three fucking years. That's why he's the top guy right now. Well, the guy who does beat him, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. It might be Rollins. We'll see. Um, But that was Raw. NXT 2.0, though, is the, uh, it might be the topic of the week, specifically the main event which was Walter versus Roderick Strong. Now, a lot of people have been um, speculating that Roderick Strong might be on his way out of WWE, and um, I'm, which I'm not sure. Not sure if he would ask for his release or if his contract is yeah, up. Yeah, didn't he just resign recently? I thought he did. Yeah, but I think people might be saying that because of you know how WWE has been, you know, clearly trying to erase the old NXT from our minds. 
You know what I mean? And he represents a part of that old NXT. So he it wouldn't shock anyone. Undisputed era, right? Yeah, and it wouldn't. He wasn't an original member, but he eventually joined them. Um, so it wouldn't shock anybody just to you know erase black and gold out of everybody's mind if he got released. So a lot of people were kind of speculating on that. And it was a hell of a match. Um, the one part where they traded slaps or chops across the fucking chest. I mean, Jesus Christ! Yeah, man, they, like, this was this match was real good, especially for like a, the NXT and on being on TV. And when when fucking Walter slaps somebody, it shit sounds like a fucking wet towel being slapped against the wall. Walter, he gets the win here, and uh, what happens right after the match is over is what has everybody talking. He gets on the mic, and before the ring announcer can announce him as the winner. He grabs a microphone and he says, What do you say? The winner of the match is Gunta. 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 Gunther. What the fuck? Is that what it's supposed to be? Is it supposed to be Gunther or is Gunther. it supposed to be Gunta? Well, Gunther is how he pronounces it. A big tough motherfucker named Gunther. He just changed. <laughs> That's comedy, bro. He changed his name right after he won this match. And here's the thing about this name. Besides it being ridiculous and uncalled for, a couple days ago, it leaked out that WWE was filing for a trademark for the name of Gunther Stark. The name Gunther Stark belongs to a Nazi U-boat commander. And uh, that is something that WWE did not know until they did a Google check. They were ready to call this fucking guy Walter... Gunther Stark, and name him after a Nazi. Until they realized the name that they just so happened to come up with happened to belong to a Nazi. <laughs> How do you not check that first? How do you not know that? So at least they made the alteration of just calling him Gunther. That's what it seems like they're sticking with. He's not. His name isn't Gunther Stark, so he isn't... I'm going to tell Gunther. So he's not... Quite named after a Nazi, but what the fuck? What are you thinking? This is exactly what we were afraid of. Him getting his name changed, and you know what? I had read that Bruce Prichard is like 100% in charge of NXT now. So you think? What do you know? There it goes. This has Bruce Prichard written all over. Yeah, he's such a fucking asshole. He's probably my in my top five of most hated in wrestling. I just... All right, so here's the here's the interesting thing about it. All right, now apparently, you know, this is what this is what makes Twitter so great. Um, tweets don't die as long as you screenshot shit or just remember to look back. And apparently, there's a tweet from Kyle O'Reilly that dates back to December 26, 2019, and um, he's answering a question from WWE's Fox Network account. There. WWE on Fox account on Twitter, which is very active. And uh, it was a question asked, like, can we have Walter chop Kyle O'Reilly for the entire, you know, competition or whatever? Kyle O'Reilly, now granted, again, this is back from 2019. Kyle O'Reilly answers, ha, that's assuming between now and then Gunther doesn't get distracted by a chocolate river, falls into a said river, and the Imperial Loompas do some weird German dance number. Highly likely scenario. Kyle O'Reilly. Now, I don't know the whole context behind those tweets or whatever, but so Kyle O'Reilly called him Gunther back then. He clearly just called or referred to Walter as Gunther. 
in a 2019 tweet. Interesting. Okay. Is this a name that... Now, like, I don't know. Is this a name that Walter maybe wanted to change in order for copyright reasons? Maybe he wanted to pre- protect his real name because his real name is Walter. Yeah. Or maybe he just... A name that he had for a character that he thought of? I don't know. But my thing is this. What's WWE filing a trademark for a fucking Nazi name? What are they doing? It's uh, which story maybe he is brought this? The, maybe he brought the Gunther to them, and they wanted to try and throw their own stupid thing on it. And Bruce Prichard has a fucking thing. He has a hard on for superheroes, bro. He might have thought, "Oh, Stark, like Tony Stark, you can be Gunther Stark." And Gunther Stark happened to be a fucking Nazi. That's just a, I, don't, I don't know. I just really want to know how they came up with the name What's without next? knowing. Is he gonna change fucking the Imperium's names to like. Adolf and Joseph. <laughs> like, come on. I, I just don't get it. Like, how, how did you not know that name belonged to a Nazi? I'm not saying I knew that, but I, I'm just saying, like, it's, that's just a hell of a name to come up with without knowing that. Like, I'm not buying that. You, you know what I mean? As long as they leave Walter's character the way it is. You mean Gunther? Gunther. 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 As long as they leave Gunther's character the way it is. Leave him in Imperium. Like, he's just Walter, but his name is Gunther now. Isn't, yeah, no, Gunther. Gunther. He, he's still Walter, but his name is Gunther, Gunther, whatever the fuck you want to call him. It's still fucking weird, but just whatever. Just leave him the way he is. Don't change him. I, I don't have confidence that they will, that they are going to leave him the way he is. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid. What the fuck? For this, you could have uh, just uh, left The thing the is, UK. to me, it's like, it's, it's not even so much like the name and him almost being named after a, a fucking Nazi. It's also... It's like it's the constant fucking rebranding and the fixing of things that are not broken that they do all the time to NXT talent. Walter was fine. Yeah, I mean, Walter, under his name Walter, had a nearly 900-day reign as the UK champion. All right, and ever since he's been in WWE, I believe since late 2018, 2019, the guy's had a fucking great match. He's had a match of the year candidate each year. Like what's there to change? He, I think he's he can be a big star, but they can't keep change. They can't change anything else about him. Like man, you talk about a fucking like just bad names. Like Braun Breaker, you can live with because we didn't know him as Rex Steiner before that for a couple years, and he wasn't killing it, putting on great matches with that name for years. You know, like Braun Breaker. Yeah, the name's kind of fucking cheesy, but. We don't know him as anything else, so it's easier to live with. Yeah. But, like, we already know Walter. He's already over. Like, you know, <sighs> there's nothing to fucking fix. Just let him be him. Just as long as they don't change anything else, I can live with the Gunta. I have zero confidence in that. Gunta! Zero confidence in that. I just, I don't know. And people were, some people were even saying online, it's like, well, what the hell's, you know, Walter's not a great name either. But, but it's his name and it worked for him. And that's what we knew him as. <laughs> Walter. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not he's... saying, you know, I'm not saying Walter is a great name for a wrestler. I mean, unless it happens to be your name and it works. And that is what Walter was. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, it just worked. Just worked. Now we gotta call him Gunther. I, I don't look at him and see a Gunther or a Gunther. 
I just, I don't know. Gunther is just such a fucking funny name. I, I'm, I'm almost afraid to watch NXT next week. Because he, like, I'm afraid we're going to see a completely different fucking you know character. What? I, I want to see what they do. I want Because I want to see if they just leave it. Or going to bleach his hair stupid, blonde? If they do some stupid shit, then I can stop watching then. But I'm, I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the most intriguing thing about it. It's like, what's the next thing they fix, they, they, they tweak about him? You know, like. He comes out with blonde hair and blue eyes. Blue contacts. I don't know. And, and and just the timing of it. Hell of a match with Roderick Strong. You get on the mic and you say the winner of this match is Gunther. <laughs> and what's funny about it, the announcers <laughs> don't even acknowledge it. Cause then like they go back, like Imperium comes in and starts kicking Roderick Strong's ass with him and everything, and like they just acknowledge that they came out and are jumping Roderick Strong. They didn't acknowledge his name change. Because it kind of just threw everyone off. We're like, um, can he do that? Yeah, it didn't need to be changed. It's funny because, like, I wasn't watching the match live. Like, I think I was watching the Knicks game, and that that was causing me all sorts of stress in and of itself. And I see on Twitter, you know, how fucking good this match is, Roderick Strong and, you know, Walter. And then I saw someone tweet, and I I didn't – it wasn't like an official account. It wasn't like a, the NXT account or WWE, whatever. It was just like some fucking random fan talks about how at the end of the match, Walter gets on the mic and and says that his name is Gunther. And I'm like, that can't be true. Because it was just like a day or two <laughs> that, you know, they were saying they were filing for the name Gunther Stark, the Nazi, you know, the yeah. Nazi name or whatever. And I'm like, no, that can't be fucking true. And then as soon as I saw that, all the tweets started coming out. I was like – Walter changed his name to Gunther. More, like, official accounts, verified accounts. I'm like, no. Gunther. Like, this is who... Like, this is Gunther? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw that when I was at work, and I'm like, Gunther? They did it again. Come on. Those rat bastards. Vince McMahon is fucking laughing again. The first thing I said was, I thought that he had at least until the main roster. (laughs) <laughs> they wasted they no time. Oh, you're in NXT now? Nope. You're no longer Walter, you're Gunther. Don't even bother. Walter is now Gunther, and uh, yeah. What do you say after that? Just got to see how it plays out, I guess. Like you said, if they don't if they don't fuck with his overall character, and he's just he just happens to be a guy named Gunther now, but he's the Walter that we knew, I'll be able to live with that. That's fine. If it's just a fucking name change, but I, I, it can't just be that. But yeah, that was Raw, that was NXT, and that was the name change heard around the world. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm going to finish the WWE side of things with SmackDown, and then we'll move on to AEW Dynamite right after this. To back up into the ring in just a moment or two for more exciting fucking action. All right, so that was Raw and NXT. Now we're going to get into SmackDown and Dynamite, and we're going to do things a little differently. Usually we separate segments, but since SmackDown only had really one noteworthy thing, we're just going to go through that quick and then get to the AEW. So, Lex James, take it away. Yeah, um, literally the only thing that was worth watching on SmackDown, only two segments were the first and last segments, and they had to do with the same exact people. Um, Everything in between was just a waste of everybody's time. Let's just put it that way. Um, so we start off with the Usos in the ring, 
and uh, they're standing in the middle, and they're basically out to celebrate Roman Reigns' record-breaking universal title reign. And uh, at that moment, at that day, it was at 508 days. So I, I guess that makes it, well, well obviously we're, I think at like 512 or something like that. So they announce Roman Reigns into the ring. And uh, once he gets to the ring, they show him this uh, this video package that they made of his entire Universal title run and all the guys that he ran through uh, in the last 500 plus days. So hold on, bro. Quick question. Yeah. With Roman Reigns being at 512 now, is he the longest reigning champion of the modern era now? He absolutely is. I was actually going to get to that. Um, he just broke Brock Lesnar's record, who I believe was at 503 or 504 for the same title. Uh, the universal title, this was back when Brock Lesnar beat Goldberg at WrestleMania and then actually lost the, uh, the title a year and a half later to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam 20, 2018, I believe. And this is the longest title reign. Roman Reigns is... Universal title reign right now is now the longest world title reign WWE slash WWF has had since Hulk Hogan's first WWF world title. Wow, Hulk Hogan? We're going back literally 30 plus years. Shit. Hulk Hogan, his very first title reign when Hulkamania was born was when he, you know, defeated Iron Sheik and MSG. I believe it was, um, shit, now that I think about it, either today or yesterday might actually be the anniversary of that actual title win when Hulk Hogan beat Iron Sheik. I, I think it might have been yesterday. I saw a picture of how Hogan was like, – when he pinned him, he, like, hooked his hands. Yeah. And they had a picture of it, and it was, like, 30-whatever years ago. I, this I think it was, like, 83, right? Yeah. 83 or 84. So I think it was in 84. It was in 84 when it happened. July, uh, January 23rd, I believe, 1984, was, you know, the day that – WWF title reign started. That was Hulk Hogan, you know, his arrival. Hulkamania was here. And that title reign went all the way through 1988. And the one Saturday night's main event match between Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, the WrestleMania 3 rematch. This, of course, we referred to not too long ago, a few episodes ago. Um, This was the match that Ted DiBiase had basically uh, rigged. This is the storyline going into it. Um, Andre the Giant won the match. Uh, the referee was apparently uh, paid off because Hulk Hogan clearly had his shoulders up uh, during the three count. Then you come to find out um, Teddy Biasi had basically bought the title off of Andre the Giant. Also find out, which is one of the most ridiculous storylines of all time, but it's hilarious. Yeah, I was going to say, that's where they had Earl Hebner's twin brother play like he got plastic surgery to look like Earl, right? Exactly. His twin brother, <laughs> Dave Hebner. And yeah, apparently the story goes was that Ted DiBiase was the one that paid off the man to get plastic surgery to look exactly like Earl Hebner. You gotta love that shit. Yeah, that's some wacky (laughs) shit, but it's funny. That is how the last longest title reign in WWF slash WWE history ended, okay? So just think about that. Hopefully this Roman Reigns title reign doesn't end anything like that. Speaking of it ending, we were talking about it, and this is the most I believe that Roman was going to lose that belt since he's won it. I think this is the only believable time you can you would think that, you know, Roman is in danger of losing the title. And that includes, you know, when we look at the list of opponents he's had, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, um, you know, Daniel Bryan, Edge. Some of those may have been a little more predictable than others, but 
for sure, Seth Rollins has definitely shown to be uh, has proven to be the, uh, the the biggest threat to actually ending Roman Reigns' title reign. Because even when Cena came, we all knew he wasn't sticking around. We know he was going back to Hollywood after SummerSlam. And Brock Lesnar, you know, as soon as he came back, I didn't expect Roman to drop the title in the first match he had with Brock. You know, the one in Saudi Arabia. What's funny is that apparently he was supposed to drop the title at day one to Brock Lesnar. So, so if he didn't get COVID, he was supposed to lose it. Yeah, and I and I think that also would have kept him from actually breaking Brock Lesnar's record for uh, for the longest title reign. So COVID actually helped him set that record, if all that is true. Um, but yeah, this is the longest title reign in thirty plus years, which is pretty crazy, you know. Because like John Cena had a year plus title reign, obviously CM Punk did, AJ Styles. Hell, even fucking Diesel had one back in the 90s. Yeah, he did. You know, or maybe his barely touched a year. Either way, like, you know, we've had some. And Brock Lesnar, of course, like I said a few years ago, um, was exactly that. What Roman Reigns is now the longest reigning universal title holder. So, yeah, Roman Reigns is uh, he's approaching status that uh, we've we haven't seen in quite some time. So I'm honestly like I like the fact that it's believable that Rollins actually has a chance and has a shot at winning this title. I just don't want him to do it. I want. Yeah, that, I don't want him to do it either. But I, I, I honestly feel like it's coming. I, I think it is too. And usually, when they start making note of how long a title reign has, you know, been going on, especially when they're going out of the way showing video packages like this, it usually is a, you know, like a sign that this title reign is coming to an end. Yeah, I was going to say that the, these segments that we're talking about now, this and the ones before, really show like, hey, guys, look, he's probably going to lose the belt. You might want to watch this. Right. Yeah, it's basically just telling you, like, you might want to pay closer attention this time. Like, something big's going to happen. That's at least the feeling behind it. So it's we all have the signs that we don't want as far as, you know, this title reign uh, presumably coming to an end. And uh, Seth Rollins comes out right after this video package. And it was a good video package. It really was. And Seth Rollins even says that himself. And, uh, you know, he basically said that you proved my point on Monday Night Raw by saying, you know, you can't do anything on your own because you had your, you know, you had the Usos come and do your dirty work. And he basically uh, goes on to say, you know, it's like he says, just like in the shield, it was me and Mox carrying you. He even mentioned Dean Ambrose as Mox. And a little that, that was kind of cool because I guess they knew he was coming back Wednesday. So it's just like, here's a little shout out to a guy that we were, you know, pretty much brothers with that went through some shit and is making his comeback. So they, they referred to him as not Dean Ambrose, but his character now, Moxley, which they couldn't refer to him as Dean Ambrose anyway. But still, it was just cool to see, like, they just kind of shouted him out a little bit. No, I agree with that. And I and I feel like it's probably because of the reason you said, like, you know, it's it's their boy. You know, the guy's coming back from, you know, rehab and all that. And, you know, it, it could have been like, you know, let me call him by the name he's using now. Yeah. You know, and, 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 to, and to tell the longest reigning champion of this era, listen, a guy named Mox and me helped helped you get where you're at in the yeah. long run. Yeah. Dean and, Ambrose is pretty much getting credit for us having Roman Reigns and he's. In AEW at, at this point. Yeah, no shit. You know, and even Pat McAfee mentioned him as Mox a little later on in the show. Wouldn't um, it be nice got... if that was because he's going to be a fucking surprise entrant in the Rumble? I think fans would lose their shit, man. That that would be a legit fucking shock. But yeah, so Seth Rollins, he mentions, you know, he says, if anything, we should be out here celebrating the Usos 
being that they're the longest reigning SmackDown tag champions of all time, which is also true. And uh, which is only about like 180 plus days or something like that. So it's nothing crazy like Roman. Um, they've only had the title since July. Um, but, you know, it just goes to show you that there hasn't been that many great tag teams on SmackDown. Those are another one that, even, you know, even though there's that not that many great tag teams, the Usos are, are another. Like Roman is in a level of his own right, like right now, but so are the Usos. I agree. And they're another team. And there's probably a lot less reason to take the tag titles off of the Usos than there even is to take the Universal title off of Roman. So I don't expect the Usos to lose that, uh, that, that, those tag titles anytime soon. But Seth Rollins makes, you know, mention of them saying that, you know, this should be about the Usos. They are the cornerstone of the bloodline after all. They do all your dirty work. They're the reason why you are where you are. And Roman Reigns finally gets on the mic. And he says, are you done? Did John Cena write that promo for you? <laughs> <laughs> and Roman Reigns, he calls him his little brother. And, uh, you know, he gave Rollins his word that the Usos will not be involved in their match at the Royal Rumble. It's going to be just straight up one-on-one. But Rollins said he ain't buying it. So Rollins, instead, he proposed, you know, a match. And he said, you know what? How about I go find a partner and me and my partner will face the Usos in the main event tonight. And if my team wins, then the Usos are banned from ringside at the Royal Rumble. So Roman Reigns, the camera shot, you know, the the camera zooms in on Roman Reigns' face. And he's taking a little while to, um, you know, give an answer. And I believe it was Jay Uso who accepts on behalf of Roman. So... Seth and Jay Uso even says he's like, you know what, we got this because you know nobody back there likes Seth Rollins anyway. So who the hell is he going to get as a partner? So Seth Rollins gets on the mic. He's like, you know, you make a good point. I'm not really you know well liked backstage, but there may be somebody. And before he could even finish, Kevin Owens' music hits, which the is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome because again, SmackDown is extremely thin on talent, so it makes sense. Yo, bro, talent. honestly, speaking of that. I like how they've been using talent on both shows. Like, I, I'm kind of over the brand split. I think they could keep both champions, but just, like, fuck it. Just have the brands not be split no more. You have two world champions, and if the guy from Raw happens to beat the fucking Universal champion, he brings it to Raw. If the guy from SmackDown happens to win the WWE title, they bring it to SmackDown. I, I like how you can see different talents get on this with Look, Kevin Owens is on SmackDown again after being drafted to Raw, but he's still a Raw guy. Right. I, like, I'm getting over this whole, like, oh, we got to have one guy here because it is network, and one guy – like, just let him fucking share and give us good shit to watch. I feel like – and I'm I'm with you to a certain extent because, like, I feel like I'll, this is mainly because SmackDown is so injury-riddled right now. You know, they're without Sasha. They're without Drew McIntyre. They're now without King Woods. Obviously, you know, Jeff Hardy ain't coming back. He got released. So that those are four of their main, you know, stars on the show that are always, you know, showcased. So I feel like they it's necessary now to bring guys over over to Raw because honestly, outside of the bloodline and Charlotte, there's really no one to give a shit about. Oh, and Sami Zayn too. Sami Zayn, everything he does. Is yeah, I, I don't, I don't know why they're not taking this opportunity to try and make Dolph Ziggler a bigger deal on SmackDown. Is that he's that's stuck really on that, Raw? Right? He's stuck oh, he's on, on Raw. Raw. Yeah, he's on Raw with his. Ah, put character. him on SmackDown. He can be. He can easily be one of your top guys over there when you absolutely need it. He has the experience to do it, but it's like now they have him in a fucking meaningless tag team with Bobby Roode. 
on Raw on the other show. So now it's like, I, I, it's not, a, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea at all, but it's just like, you know, how, how they'd have to break that team up and explain all that shit. It's just, and they're already bad at doing that to begin with when they have the time. Yeah, that's, that's, it would just be nice to see Ziggler use in a better capacity because the guy is good. I mean, uh, a face Ziggler, if they were to, you know, have booked him properly, going up against Roman wouldn't have been a bad match at all, you know. But it's just SmackDown, I think, right now, like, they just need all the help they can get. Like, while the injuries they have aren't, like, I don't think they're long, long-term injuries, but they're just coming at a really bad time. Like, right in the middle of, right in the beginning of WrestleMania season, you don't have Sasha Banks, you don't have Drew McIntyre. I would assume they would have big parts to play in WrestleMania as they usually do. So yeah, we got Kevin Owens, we got Seth Rollins from Raw. And uh Roman Reigns is like, "All right, all right, cut this music." He's like, first off, there's nothing in this for me." He's like, "We'll we'll, we'll give you your tag match, and if you win, sure, the Usos will be banned from ringside." He's like, "But if the Usos win, then you don't have no universal title match at Royal Rumble." So Seth Rollins thinks about it with Owens and he accepts. You know, we we get our main event, and uh, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens is set for later on the night, and then yeah, like I said, everything after that was pretty much fucking trash. Like it, it's it's a shame because Biggie actually made an appearance, even though he wasn't on Raw earlier in the week. He came out and aided Kofi Kingston in his match against Madcap Moss with Happy Corbin on the side. But Dude, it just didn't what feel Madcap like was wearing. He had like fucking construction boots and suspenders on, or something like that, and like fucking shorts or some shit. Yeah, he looks fucking ridiculous. And, like, I get it. That's the whole point. But it's just, it's fucking silly. Um, it's a shame because he does, he is pretty talented in the ring. But, you know, no one's ever going to care until he loses the, you know, the stupid fucking getup. Um, Kofi Kingston won this match. Once again, 50-50 booking because last week, Madcap Moss beat him. Instead, this time, Kofi had Big E um, by his side. And yeah, while you had Big E coming over from Raw, it's kind of a waste because he didn't really do anything. He was just there for Kofi, and no one cares about Happy Corbin or Madcap Moss, even if it's Kofi on the other side of it. So again, kind of a waste. Uh, the Viking Raiders and Los Lotharios should be good, but it's not because it only lasted about two and a half minutes. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought Los Lotharios deserved a little better than that. Yeah, I mean, they definitely do. Um, the Viking Raiders, we get it. They're, you know, trying to be, you know, built strong for the Usos. Um, but I don't think it needs to come at the expense of, you know, the next team up, I would assume. Yeah, because I, I don't think the Viking Raiders are going to, what is that, at Rumble? I, I think it is. I'm not sure if they even confirmed it for the Royal Rumble. Because I, I don't see the Viking Raiders taking the titles from them. I could honestly see that being the pre-show match. But... I would I would suspect that Aza and Carrillo are next up. Like they they're a good tag team, bro. I honestly I'm pretty hyped to see the day we uh, get Los Lotharios and the Usos because I think that those two teams, given enough time, can fucking kill it. Yeah, they, they're good. They I have, just don't understand. And they can go in the ring. Right. That's why I don't understand. Like y- you could have just had. You know, fucking Shanky and Jinder Mahal take the fucking L. Like they like kicking Shanky's ass. Or of all of all the DQ finishes they do, you couldn't have a screwy finish, a screwy, a screwy finish for Los Lotharios. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you could have just had them beat another team. 
Or, or, or like I said, Jinder and Shanky would have been perfect. No one cares about them. No one expects them to win. Los Lotharios are clearly going to be the next team up because they're the only other team that matters other than the two that are about to face each other. Um, because I would assume for now, New Day is not going to be a thing at least until King Woods comes back. So don't understand that at all. Just, you know, having the Los Lotharios lose in two and a half minutes. Fun while it lasted, but again... I'd book them to look a little stronger. Yeah, they. they I, I think that's a special tag team waiting to happen. They just have to, like you said, be booked right. Right. You know, so uh, the next match we get, we get another fucking Charlotte Flair and Naomi. And Charlotte Flair is now starting to, like, suffer from horrendous booking because they're putting her with, like, no one that anyone cares about. or you're like, And there's nothing against Naomi. It's just Charlotte is now somehow being used in this, Naomi Sonya Deville feud that no one asked for. Like, uh, yeah, I don't get it, bro. Is this like punishment for her doing something or I, I I don't know. I think it also might be that there's literally nothing for Charlotte at the moment. And that's why they have her in the Rumble. Because the 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 whole thing is if Charlotte wins the Royal Rumble, then she can pick her own opponent for WrestleMania. Which so I like that's that. That's interesting. Hook. I like that hook. I I, I I actually like that. But in getting there, Charlotte is fucking spinning her wheels. And usually, like I said, other than the bloodline, Charlotte's like nowadays the only thing to look forward to outside of the bloodline on SmackDown. And now that's starting not to be the case. Because fucking Sonya Deville comes in and, you know, right before the match starts, becomes the ref. Just to fuck over Naomi again. What do you know? So, and this is what gets me. So, later on the night, she goes back to Adam Pearce. And Adam Pierce is standing there with Eric Bischoff, of all people. A really random cameo, but Eric Bischoff is on SmackDown. So Sonya Deville comes right after her match, after she just officiated, you know, and screwed Naomi out again. Adam Pierce now decides that Sonya Deville has been abusing her power. Now. Oh. Decides. Not the last four fucking months. Yeah, I was about to say, not the last few months, just now. Just now, it's been decided that Sonya Deville is abusing her power. So then Adam Pearce makes a match between Sonya Deville and Naomi next week on SmackDown. Anyway. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, so, yeah, we get another Sheamus and Ricochet match. And Sheamus, once again, beats Ricochet in another three-and-a-half-minute match. Like I swear to God, I've seen this before. Here we go, the main event. And the main event was pretty damn good. It really picked up when Seth Rollins gets the hot tag, and Seth Rollins was basically a babyface in this match. The fans popped big for his hot tag, and his offense was fucking great. He even hits a, a, a beautiful tope suicida that uh, doesn't make the Usos look like they're waiting for him, and he lands and he like wipes both of them out beautifully. You know, um, we get a couple good spots where um, the Usos, I think. One of the Usos blind tagged in, and Seth Rollins got hit with a what do you call it the um, the pop up Samoan drop, which they call the alley oose, and that was for a good near fall. Kevin Owens gets a blind tag, and he hits I believe Jay Uso or Jimmy Uso with a pop up power bomb for another really good near fall. And we got to see my favorite Kevin Owens spot, the spot he doesn't break out too often, but I, I kind of like that he doesn't. Um, and I was kind of surprised to see it on, on SmackDown, but he goes up for a top rope move and Jimmy basically meets him up there and he's going for a superplex. And I know you, I think you know what I'm talking about or where I'm getting at with Kevin Owens yeah. versus that he hooks your leg and su- does like a fisherman superplex 
from his position, which causes him to turn in midair in order to Yeah, he, he does like back. a spinning perfect flex off the top rope. It's a fucking thing of beauty, and I love when Kevin Owens does it because, again, he doesn't do it all the time, so it's not... It, it feels like a special move that he breaks out only for when it makes sense. And it's kind of like a defensive maneuver. It's kind of like a counter in a sense because you're about to get superplexed. So you can't set that move up like any other move. So I, And we saw that for another great near fall. Uh, Kevin Owens eventually tags out and Seth Rollins comes in. So um, I believe it was Seth Rollins. I think he gets hit with a super kick from Jay Uso. And Jay Uso goes a super kick, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens catches his kick and lands a stunner on Jay Uso. Now, while Kevin Owens is still on the ground, he eats a super kick from Jimmy. Jimmy turns around, eats a super kick from Seth Rollins. Then Rollins goes and hits a curb stomp. And literally right when he hits the curb stomp, fucking Roman Reigns comes out of nowhere, hits a Superman punch on Seth Rollins, causing the disqualification. Ro- Roman Reigns basically knew what he was doing. You know, he got his team disqualified and, you know, he walked to the back, didn't turn, you know, turn around and look or whatever. He walked straight to the back with like a pissed off look on his face. And then Rollins, you know, when he's coming back too, he has, you know, he's doing his stupid laugh in the ring and that's how SmackDown ends. So I like that the fact that Roman came down and actually caused the DQ. I'm I'm glad the Usos didn't. Yeah. I mean, it might be him saying like, yo, I I don't need them at ringside. So I don't give a shit if you win. It could could say that. I think it's more that, you know, the frustration with Rollins getting there, you know, like him knowing that he can't beat Rollins. His cousins can't even fucking beat Rollins. So I just think it was his, it could have been, you know, it could have been fuck it. I'm going to do it on my own. Or it could be that the frustration is getting to him and Rollins is in his head. So it could go either way, and I like that because we don't know which way they're going to go with it as far as you know Roman Reigns is concerned and how we you know why he. I mean, I mean gave the way I, the way I see it, I feel like it's more of what you're saying. Like bro, Seth Rollins is in his head, and Roman knows that every time they faced off for the gold, Rollins walked away with it. Right. So you know, and if they're gonna take the belt off Roman, which I, I really feel like it sucks, but I know it's, I think it's gonna happen. Why not have it that Rollins is in his head and has, you know, always gets one over on him and has that record on him? Right, because you can always go back to that match later on so Roman does get his revenge. Yeah. Whatever that may be, you know what I mean? Because that's, again, that's furthering the story later down the line, you know. But, yeah, that was SmackDown. Like I said, man, from start, everything in the middle was throwaway at best. And uh, the first and last segments of SmackDown were literally – all you needed to know about, um, you know, like I said, Seth Rollins mentioned John Moxley by name, and we are gonna use that segue to AEW Dynamite. Yo, real quick before we get to Dynamite, good. What do you think? Because I, I had thought about what happens if, like, at Rumble, because I think maybe like, I think Brock's retaining, and I think later in the night. You know, I, I think Kevin Owens is going to win the Rumble, and if they're going to have Roman Reigns lose the Universal title to Seth Rollins, that will set that up. And I think that Roman somehow goes after – if he does lose the Universal title, I think he somehow ends up fighting Brock for the WWE Championship. So he might just be without a belt for a couple of months if he loses the Universal title. Right. And I and the thing is with that, if Roman does lose, you know, we can't necessarily rule out 
either champion, even if Brock happens to lose, we can't rule out either champion losing their title and then entering the Royal Rumble and winning it. Yeah, I was going to say that too. You can't rule that out, man. And like I even saw online that like the betting odds, you know, the favorites in the Royal Rumble to to win the men's Royal Rumble, like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are both heavily favored to win the Royal Rumble, which basically means one of them is going to fucking lose their title. Which makes it possible for one of them to. Yo, I wouldn't even win. be mad if, if, if say Roman does lose the, the the universal title before the Rumble, and he hits the fucking ring and win. I wouldn't be mad if he wins it as a heel. Like fuck you, I'm getting my belt back as soon as possible. I mean, I. I the thing is, with what makes this Roman and Seth feud so great, it's like. I, it's hard to tell who's the heel and who's the face. It, it's just because Roman's still getting cheers. Roman's getting more cheers now than he ever did, obviously. Yeah, I think it's more of just the, the character. He's a great character. It. It's a great character. We, we This is literally all we wanted from Roman Reigns was, you know, a character that we can sink our teeth into. And we yeah. got it. You and, know? and him and Rollins have the history that, uh, that you don't even need a, a heel or a face. It's just yeah, you guys I, have enough history there to just do it. It almost felt like this tag match on SmackDown, whether or not they, you know, planned this or, you know, like thought this out. But I feel like the, the you know, it was almost like a test run, you know, to see if Rollins, like how he would do as a face again. And the thing is, dude, the fans are starting to sing along with his music. They were yeah, doing that in the I, middle of his match. In the middle, of, I saw. You know, and that was the first time that I've noticed that. It may be the first time it's happened, you know, since he's been a heel and all that. So Seth Rollins, again, and it could just be fans appreciating, you know, a good character, just like with Roman. But it, it, that, it, I don't know, like, right now, I got to say, I'm kind of disappointed in the build to Bobby Lashley and Brock. And Roman and Seth is making up for it entirely. And I did not yeah. see that coming. We, we got that you know? good promo um, from I, I, Brock and Bobby, but then it's, I don't know. That's it. We got one more Raw before the Rumble, so I'm really hoping we get our MVP Paul Heyman back and forth, goddammit, because it's only something we've been waiting for since MVP came back and, and you know, aligned himself with Lashley, you know? Um, but, yeah, again, that was SmackDown. Seth and Roman literally just carrying the fucking show. Rollins has helped carrying a show he's not even on. And, uh, again, That's why like he's I on said, my list, the top wrestlers in the world, bro. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, Seth Rollins... Again, like I said, he mentioned uh, John Moxley without calling him Dean Ambrose because recently John Cena referred to him as Dean Ambrose when he returned and was cutting a promo on uh, on Roman. So uh, it was cool to see that because John Moxley did make his return from rehab, uh, and it was the first thing uh, AEW Dynamite started off with, as it should have. Because yo, you know, bro, first thing I noticed when I seen him was like, yo, this dude lost weight. Yeah, we're all in the face, man. His yeah, he looks he, great. He, that's that beer weight, bro. He looks fucking great. He looks slimmer. You know, um, he looks like he's in a better place. It's crazy because he's sure. got Moxley, but he looks like Dean Ambrose. Yeah, it, it's you could definitely. It was very noticeable in the face. So you know, to see that, see you know, obviously you know, with the time away, the time he took to to go away, obviously helped him. You know, and uh, the fucking crowd was obviously you know losing their shit to Moxley. He always gets one of the stronger reactions on Dynamite. That I will say. And uh, Moxley gets in the ring, and before he can even fucking start, and, and this is what gets me about AEW and their fans, they are quite the interesting group of people, all right? This jerk-off somehow, you know, felt the need 
to call Moxley a drunk and to tell him to get or say something along the lines of get this trash out of the ring. You can it's hard to make out, but someone made it out and you know, when you match the words with how it sounds, it sounds a lot like that. So uh John Moxley was actually interrupted before he even started by this fucking fan. And as soon as the fans started uh, stopped talking, John Moxley said, Hey, go fuck yourself. And get that piece of shit out of here. Literally dropped a fucking live F-bomb on TBS. The first thing he says when he comes back from rehab is go fuck yourself to a fan. Like, right then and there, I was like, okay, I, I, I don't know if I could ever dislike Moxley as much as I did before after that. Like, that was fucking great. I don't know how great AEW thought it was when TBS, or how great TBS thought it was. But uh, I'm sure they didn't make, you know, make a big deal out of it to Moxley because, again, the fan was being a douchebag. And uh, hopefully he did get escorted out for being That's a how you deal with douchebag fans. Yeah. They're a bunch of assholes, bro. A lot yeah, of so I, it, was, it was fucking great to see Moxley just, you know, tell him where to go. And just, just to hear, go fuck yourself on live TV. Like, I was watching that as it happened. I was like, wow. It's like, he really got away with that. That was interesting. That's but yeah, so, shit, though. Yeah, it was great. But uh, John Moxley spoke about, you know, having scars throughout his life. You know, some scars you can see and some scars you can't. And, uh, you know, he he spoke about having them and pretending that they weren't there. And he said those are scars that we should all be proud of. You know, everybody has them. And he said they tell our stories and they make us the people that we are. Moxley went on to say nobody's perfect. And if everybody in the world was, it would be a very boring place. Yeah, what, what what was that line that he dropped? What did he say? I don't, I don't run from my demons. I kick the shit out of them. Yeah, which was fucking great. And that was a dope line. He said something. He's like, now more than ever, I feel free. And if you thought I was dangerous before, the only thing I'm drinking these days is blood. And then slams the fucking mic, exits the ring. And it's like, damn, I can't wait to see what the fuck he's going to do now. Now, what he needs to do is stop doing deathmatch wrestling and all of that shit. You were already a star, bro. You don't need to get back into that because I feel like you started drinking heavy because of that shit. I mean, honestly, I didn't ever thought about it like that. But, I mean, it's that kind of style of wrestling. I, I can't imagine it leads to a healthy lifestyle outside of it. I'm yeah, not, he doesn't I'm, need I'm, that I'm, either. He, yeah, he, I'm like, not blaming that. It. But you, that, that is a great point, you know. And, and not for nothing, man. If I'm, if I'm his wife, if I'm uh, Renee Young, they just had a daughter together, like – why are you, you don't need to be doing matches like that? Like you said, you don't need to be doing that shit anymore. You are you're already there. He's made. You're already there, bro. Like, you know what I mean? The dude was WWE champion. He was AEW world champion. One of the first ones. Like, we know who yeah. he is. Right. There's you don't no need, need to keep, keep going. That, like, he, he doesn't need to keep going back and pleasing the leftover ECW fans. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he actually had his first match on Rampage. Uh, later in the week, and it was against all ego Ethan Page, who I could really give a rat's ass about because, to me, Ethan Page is just a cookie-cutter douchebag heel. Like, like, we've seen fucking ten or more of them over the last, like, fucking... Yeah, I, I think he's he's, he's corny. Like, yeah. get him off my screen. To me, it's like, honestly, I'd rather the Miz. You Ethan know? Page belongs on YouTube. <laughs> well, the match... And, uh... I like the way the match ended because, uh... 
Moxley was hitting him with like fucking sharp elbows. He had him in a pinning position, but he also had his arm, his uh, his arms compromised, so he couldn't defend himself. He just started giving him these vicious elbows, and then he locked on the the bulldog choke, which is a really fucking devastating submission that we don't see often enough, honestly. And fucking Ethan Page just basically just fucking passes out. John Moxley gets the win. He exits through the crowd and meeting him at the end is none other than Brian Danielson, who has a smirk on his face and he's clapping. And Moxley looks at him and walks away. So if this is the first feud we're getting in Moxley's return, it's going to be Brian Danielson. I'm all for it. Hold yeah, it got to be. Because, bro, before Moxley had to step away, they were on a collision course for the yeah. chance of the title. They were supposed to face each other for uh, at, uh, what do you call it, full gear. It yeah, story's already there. So, yeah, it, to me, it's like a guy like Brian Danielson, like he 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 wrestles a very strong, snug style, even for someone his size, you know, and that's obviously what Moxley likes to do. So that's going to be a really fun match. And I can only imagine the promos that are going to come out of that. Um, so I'm excited to see that. And uh, it's nice to see Brian resurface after his, you know, his loss to Adam Page. We were wondering where he was going to go, what they were going to do with him. And we pretty much got our answer. Hey, shit, I'll take him and Moxley. Yeah, all day, all day. So back to Ram, um, back to Dynamite. We get a backstage segment between MJF and Wardlow, and MJF basically uh, apologizes to Wardlow for how he cost him the match last week. Um, but after he apologized, he also said he was going to have to dock Wardlow's pay for putting his hands on him. <laughs> But he also said, "All you got to do is just get on get on another winning streak, and you, you know that that money will come flowing right back." And it's just funny because MJF was he was like, he was being all nice, but obviously he was condescending. He wasn't being his typical douchebag self, but he was just in a nicer tone. You know what I mean? And it was just great. It was a little thing, you know, a little backstage segment. But even the little shit that MJF does like this, fucking awesome. You know, and then he hypes the match between Sean Spears and CM Punk later in the mat, uh, later in the night. So yeah, just a little, you know. Once again, Wardlow doesn't say a damn thing. He, he's, you know, he's behind, standing behind him, looking at him, but he's not saying a thing. But you can tell, like, you can read the look on his face. It's like this motherfucker, you know. And MJF just again planting more seeds into their eventual breakup, which at this point everybody's looking forward to, you know. Um, so again, you know, great job with that. First match we get of the night is the mixed tag between Adam Cole and Britt Baker versus Orange Cassidy and Chris Satlander. And there's some things I didn't mind about this match, and there's some things I absolutely hated, um, starting with the what I hated because it happened. Uh, I, I didn't even watch it. It's just it's, – this is a goofy way to use Adam Cole to me. It absolutely is. Um, but there there's one spot in particular that was just eye-rolling. Uh, there's a spot where both Orange Cassidy and Chris Satlander are standing on the ring apron, and both Adam Cole and Britt Baker are – you know, standing on the outside of it, looking like a bunch of idiots waiting for their opponents to jump and fall on them. Well, basically what happened, Orange Cassidy puts his hands in his pockets and basically just falls off the apron onto Adam Cole, doesn't even jump. Chris Statlander does some goofy moonsault that, you know, again, Britt Baker had to legit stand and wait for, for too long, for just too long. Okay, so that that took me out for a little bit. Chris Statlander earned a cool point with me because she did hit a really crisp 450 splash on both Adam Cole and Britt Baker later on in the match, which was 
honestly, like the nicest fucking thing I've ever seen her do. Um, we get a spot in there. Even fucking Britt Baker, actually, um, she hits a Panama Sunrise or a Canadian Destroyer on Chris Statlander on the outside, like on the ramp, which was a thing of beauty because she didn't jump off the second rope like Adam Cole does. She just did a straight-up Canadian Destroyer, and it looks fucking great. So still, honestly, Britt Baker was probably the best part of this entire match. Um, we get in the ring. Well, we get outside. Adam Cole, you know, Chris Statlander's taken care of, and Adam Cole and Britt Baker bring out the table. And they set it up by the ring. And um, basically, Britt Baker's waiting by the apron, and Orange Cassidy mistakenly runs into her, causing her to fall off and go through the table. So Orange Cassidy sees this, and he's basically fucking pissed. Hits at Orange Cassidy with a low blow, hits him with the boom, and gets to one, two, three. Later on in the night, he gets he has a little backstage interview, and he throws down the fucking challenge for next week, which is Beach Break. They're calling it and Beach Break that takes place in Cleveland, Ohio, in January. Um, I don't know what kind of fucking beach they're going to in Cleveland. <laughs> But yeah, that's the name of the show. And on this show, Adam Cole has challenged Orange Cassidy to a lights out match. I'm assuming this is, from what it sounds like, this may, and I'm hoping it is, this may be, you know, the 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 final, the final chapter of this Orange Cassidy Adam Cole rivalry. God, I hope it is. I'm just over this shit. Like, like seriously, Adam Cole's run in AEW, at, like so far, has been pretty damn disappointing. Uh, and we're not the only ones that say it. A lot of people are saying it, man. No, yeah. we didn't want to see him fucking leave WWE or leave NXT to go face these fucking schmucks. I don't mind him and uh, and Britt Baker teaming. I think that was cool, but it's like I'm just over the whole Orange Cassidy thing. You know what I mean? And again, Adam Cole, get to a fucking gym. <laughs> and if you are, start doing two a days, man. Because yeah, just, cause I, he, I don't get it. Yo, he, when he was standing like face to face with that girl, they were fighting Statlander. Like he was, she was almost his size, bro. Yeah, man, and it's just he was in better shape in NXT, and it makes sense because clearly WWE they've always been up on you know you looking your part, and if you start to not look your part, they send you away, they send you off the TV. They've done that so many times throughout the fucking years. So Adam Cole didn't have any room to just you know say fuck it, I'm with my friends, I'm with my girl, I'm having fun, wrestling stupid matches on on, on Dynamite every week. It, it, it's it obviously it's a, it's a lot more lax in AEW and it shows. He looks like a kid trying to be a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, like the rest of them, you know. So after that match, we get CM Punk and Sean Spears, and I love the way this match was because it was simple and it was effective, and it was nothing like Wardlow and CM Punk, where Punk ate nine power bombs and still came out with the win. Instead, nah, this CM shit Punk, made me laugh, like literally it was laugh great. out loud. It was fucking great because he basically disoriented. Sean Spears hit him with a go to sleep, and uh, 11 seconds later, CM Punk walks out with the W. With MJF on commentary. I I think I laughed so much because, like, Sean Spears is always, even when he was fucking perfect 10, he was just like, fuck this guy, he's corny. Yeah. (laughs) To see him get crushed like that was like, hi, cool. Hey, I'd rather it be Sean Spears than Wardlow or FTR, so I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what Sean Spears is in that group. He's the guy that's going to, you know, take the L's more than anyone else. Because you got to protect the other guys. You know what I mean? And uh, and then MJF came into the ring. 
um, you know, I guess trying to attack Punk from behind. Punk caught him, and he actually gets a hold of MJF's scarf. He goes to swing, MJF ducks, but CM Punk now has a hold of MJF's scarf. And uh, MJF retreated, and that was that for the Punk-MJF saga, which I liked because, you know what? They didn't have to, you know, overdo it, beat it to death, quick and simple, you know? Um, no, yeah, they're doing, they're dragging this out, but they're dragging it out in a good way. No, I like it. I like how they're doing it. Um, so the next thing we get, we get a, a really interesting Cody Rhodes promo. Um, there's a ladder in the ring, and he's got his TNT title. He starts talking about CM Punk's pipe bomb promo from over 10 years ago and how he said, you know, everything that Punk said in that promo, you know, wound up coming true as far as wrestling and other, you know, companies and opening, you know, the forbidden door and shit like that. But he said it wasn't Punk who made it happen. It was he himself, Cody Rhodes, that did, you know, and he was saying how, This is the one thing that bothered me about this promo because I I just I can't stand when shit like this is said nowadays. Um, The one thing he said, he goes and says, like, the reason I won't turn heel is because the fans cheered for me when I needed it the most. He starts talking about how the forbidden door wasn't a thing until he built the door. He starts bringing up names like Brody Lee and uh, Darby Allen. Sammy Guevara, these are all guys that held the title. And he was saying how we've come to, you know, grow like accustomed to not considering a title any more important if the word world isn't in front of it. He's like, they they want to nail, you know, secondary titles into your head like they don't matter. He's like, this isn't a secondary title. And uh, he's like, but apparently it has become one because now there's two champions between him and Sammy Guevara. Now, again. The reason they needed an interim fucking TNT champion when Cody Rhodes either had COVID or was, you know, tending to family members that had COVID. I don't understand why you needed another champion for two weeks. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> retarded. I, I just didn't understand that. And if it was to get to this, you know, like I said, there's a ladder standing in the middle of the ring and Cody Rhodes starts climbing up the ladder. And he's like, so what do you say, Sammy? There's two titles. It's like, I think I have an idea how to, how to solve this. So clearly he's alluding to a ladder match for both titles. And I believe that would also be uh, at Beach Break. Now, again, like I said, a really good promo. I did not care for the whole this is why I don't turn heel thing. Because it's like, <sighs> all right. So Cody Rhodes <laughs> is the only one that's not <laughs> playing by the rules here. But everyone else on the roster has to. Everyone else is a good guy or a bad guy. But Cody Rhodes can come out and say, that's why I won't turn heel. And it just, I don't know. How many times could John Cena have said that? But he just figured out other ways to say that without actually saying it. Yeah. Okay, John Cena made a fucking living off of cutting promos saying, this is why I'm not turning heel without saying, this is why I'm not turning heel. Probably shouldn't even use the word heel in your promo at all. That's that's my point. It's just everything is out in the open now. Everybody knows everything. I'm like, I get that. That doesn't mean you should still use... Yeah, it's still killing the art, bro. I don't like that. I just... You know, and I'm not trying to nitpick because I did like the promo. You know, um, I don't think I grasped it quite like it should have been. But definitely a promo worth going out of your way to check out. And it's, you know, it's... That's why it just gets frustrating with Cody Rhodes because he's he's great when he wants to be. You know, he really is. 
but it's just certain things, how he goes about it. Like I said, if this was all to just, you know, have a ladder match for the TNT title, if that's the reason why you did this interim title to begin with, unnecessary. It, it just doesn't make sense needing an interim champion when your guy is only going to be out for a couple weeks. Meanwhile, in WWE, there's no interim intercontinental champion. The guy's fucking had it without defending it for five months. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, right? It's just, can we find a, a, a healthy median here somewhere? I don't care if it's AEW or WWE, for Christ's sake. Just give me something. You know, um, Lance Archer has a match with Frankie Kazarian that obviously Lance Archer was going to win this. But it just went on too long. It went on nine minutes. And to me, it's like if you're building Lance Archer as Adam Page's next, you know, title contender, why is he taking 10 minutes to beat Frankie Kazarian? (laughs) Yo, when you word it like that, it's fucking hilarious. But it's It's true, though. I mean, like, dude. It's right. It's fucking. That's the first thing I thought of. Like, it wasn't a terrible match. It's just like, why can't this be done in like two or three minutes? Yeah, if you're building him to be the next guy that you want us to believe is taking the belt, then you, he he shouldn't have to take ten minutes to beat a guy who's like nothing. Yeah, Frankie Kazarian, I get it, he's a veteran and all, but like, dude, no one sees him as anything important in AEW as far as storyline wise. Like, so yeah, to me, it's just like you could have just gotten that point across by cutting the match in half, at the very least. You know, um, and Dan Lambert got on the mic and was, you know, talking shit about Adam Page. And they were about to start beating the piss out of Frankie Kazarian a little more. And that's when Adam Page came out and made the save and got the better of Lance Archer. So, yeah, I don't know if I could. I don't know if they can do anything to make me care about Lance Archer. So, like I said, as long as this, you know, title match doesn't overstay its welcome or it's, you know, it's rivalry doesn't, you know, as long as the whole rivalry itself doesn't overstay its welcome, it's just a transition to get us to the next pay-per-view build up, built up match. You know what I mean? Then I'm all right with it. Um, Cause obviously no one sees Lance Archer becoming the fucking AEW world champion, you know? Um, but yeah, again, as far as like, just wanting to get somebody to believe he has a shot at winning, could have just taken care of Frankie's area and half the time it took him. That, that's all I'm saying. Um, and then our main event was Sting and Darby Allen versus the acclaimed Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. And this was, you know, it was okay. The match was all right. Sting, he uh, he showed out. Sting showed out. He had the one dive from the fucking stage onto, I believe, Max Caster through the table. That looked pretty cool. And, you know, for a guy that's north of 60 doing shit like that, you know. Pretty impressive. It is. It is. Honestly, I, I got to say, I can't hate on Sting, man. You know, the way they've been using Sting and how he's, you know, some of these matches he's had, like, they're not they're not showcasing him as, you know, the next fucking contender to a- Adam Page's title. He's not burying anybody. You know, like, it, Darby Allen is reaping all of the benefits of this. I would, you know, I would think. So, like, I I, I really like how, how they're using Sting here. And Sting got, you know, Sting actually gets, I believe he got the win. No, actually, it was... um. It was Darby Allen. They got the coffin drop win on, uh, I believe, Anthony Bowens. And, um, yeah, it was uh, – I mean, I don't know if this is how I would have ended Dynamite. But, yeah, I feel like Dynamite, this week they brought it with the promos, not so much on the wrestling. I don't think anybody brought it this week with the wrestling. You know, um, we, we just got uh, – that's not necessarily true. Rollins and Lashley was okay, you know what I mean? And we got – that's we also got – Walter slash Gunther for, uh, against Roderick Strong, which is pretty damn good, until Walter decided to change his name. 
And uh, <laughs> that was about it as far as the Gunta. Gunta. You know, um, but yeah, um, promo-wise, Dynamite definitely delivered. You know, great to see John Moxley back. And, uh, you know, he had a convincing win on Rampage on, against Ethan Page. And now, apparently, we're getting him and Brian Danielson. So, if anything, I'm excited for that. Um, but, yeah, that was Dynamite. That was um, kind of a slow week again. Not really big on in-ring action. Uh, we got some solid promos. And as far as the WWE side of things, you know, the the story with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins is moving along perfectly. Um, so, if anything, only thing I really want to see before Royal Rumble, man, I want that Paul Heyman MVP back and forth, man. If we don't get this shit on Raw, the next episode of Raw, man, I'm going to be really disappointed. Because right now, I'm pretty disappointed in the Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley buildup. They better go all out. We better get, like, a locker room clearing fucking brawl between these two. That would be nice. You know, that would get me, you know, like, obviously, we're all excited to see this match. But, damn it, how have we not gotten MVP and and, and, and Paul Heyman, going, you know, cutting each other up on the mic yet? How have we not gotten that? You know, like, that. that's the one thing I was looking forward to more, as much as the damn match itself. You know, so, I, you know, I'm hoping that we at least get something that makes me want to see Brock and Bobby a lot more because, like, I get it. It doesn't need as much hype, but it deserves that much hype. You know, um, but, yeah, Rollins and Reigns, once again, man, continues to be the best story going right now, um, along with Punk and MJF on, uh, on the Dynamite side and the AEW side. You know, and again, man, just... I'm hoping next week this Adam Cole Orange Cassidy match, you know, again, you know, another fucking lights out match. I guess they're due. It's been a couple weeks. Hopefully that's the end of that. Yeah, but who the hell knows, man? But yeah, that was the week in wrestling. You know, uh, next week we got the Royal Rumble coming up, and it's uh, something we've all been looking forward to talking about and watching. And uh, this Royal Rumble card, man, it's it's looking really fucking good. And uh, it's pretty unpredictable as far as who's going to come out on top, either the men's or women's. You know, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, everybody's got their picks and favorites, but um, there's not really a clear-cut standout guy that's, the, you know, that stands above the rest that's so obvious, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, a lot of shit to look forward to, but that's our show for the week, guys. Any last thoughts? This is the, probably the most excited I've been for a Royal Rumble in a long time, so I'm I'm waiting to see what's gonna go go down. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm a little interested in Beach Break. You know I, how we got to the ladder match, as far as Cody and Sammy Guevara are concerned, is yeah questionable at best. But I would assume that's gonna be a pretty uh, entertaining ladder match. You know, um, see how many uh, things Cody Rhodes sets on fire in this match and goes through. <laughs> Something to look out for. But, yeah, guys, that's our show for the week. Uh, yeah, Royal Rumble. We're going to be talking a lot about the Royal Rumble coming up. So uh, we're all excited for that, as you are. But, again, guys, if you're not already doing it, follow us on Instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high. And, yeah, guys, that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, Royal Rumble's coming up, man. Everybody's excited for it. We can't wait to talk about it. So for Mikey Bravo, this is Lex James. See you next week.